listening to the Hollywood Boulevard podcast. Good evening, afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Hollywood Boulevard podcast, uh, episode three for the season. Um, I'm one of the co-hosts, Joe Turek, and I'm here with the co-host, Jonathan A. Moody. Jonathan, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing great. And um, other co-host, Alfred Crane. Alfred, how are you doing? Great, Joe, and you. Great to be here tonight. Okay, so um, uh, so we, um, we each pick a movie and all, and um, I, um, we're in an '80s theme this year, so uh, or this season. So um, my pick was up this time, and I chose, and I think um, I think you guys, one of you guys at least, has the same version I have of the movie that I picked. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, I have fast. I picked Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Blu-ray yep. Criterion. Yeah, yep. there you go. I, I I figured you had it because I thought I saw you post something about it before, but um. Yeah, uh, one of the first Criterions that I bought, um, I have a few other Criterions that I sort of just stumbled upon, um, but this was, this one was a definite purchase. Was this um, one of the first the, Blu-rays, or do you have a couple Blu-rays, too? Um, I think I had two Blu-rays. I got them, like, at the, um, you know, the discount bin and stuff like that, but this is the first one I bought, like, regular price at the store, and well, I think it was on discount. It was still a sale, but um, brand yeah, new. Yeah, you bought it at the, the July or, or October sale, right, for Barnes & Noble? Yeah, 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 the half-off thing but um but yeah I, I wanted to make sure i got the blu-ray version of this and also i was really jazzed that it had the tv version in it um, we'll uh, get to that because i watched a little bit of that i didn't watch the whole thing because i had uh i had to watch the, the actual movie you know so i mm-hmm. so i could talk about the movie and not just all of the uh all the extras on that but i i watched a yeah. few and i was like oh my goodness yeah. I know, right? So, so, so actually, I did watch. Um, I watched the the Blu-ray version, the the regular Blu-ray version. Then I watched um, uh, I watched the TV version again, um, or not again, but I watched the TV version. I haven't seen that in many, many years, and I didn't remember a lot of that. But we'll get into all that. Yeah. Um, and then I watched. Um, there was a uh, like a forty-five minute documentary on it too, which was nice. really interesting to watch. So, Alfred, do so, you yeah, have so a, I watched a it, copy um, of it? I don't. So I might oh. need to borrow to watch. <laughs> So how did you watch it? Uh, how did you watch it? Prime. Nice. Okay. Good. Uh, you know. Go. Um, so um. Uh, go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say um. Uh, so looking ba- um back at this one and um uh, why did I pick it and stuff like that and when did I first see it and then we'll go around the room here and see what you guys' thoughts were on it. Um, the movie came out in 1982, so um, it's a little bit um. Before the, the teenage years, for probably at least I know it was for right right on the border for me. I think it was right right after you were born, <laughs> Moody and Alfred. I think you were quite young too. So I think we're sort of in the same. Uh, we didn't get to see it when it was first released in the theaters, or maybe you did. I don't know. Um, but it came out in um, August of 1982. So um, uh, that was uh, a different time. Um, the 80s really hadn't gotten into high gear yet. So. Um, uh, this one has remnants of 70s feel to it, but it also has the 80s thing going for it, too. So it's sort of a cross between both worlds and um, uh, so much to talk about with the, the making of it and everything like that. But um, first time I saw it was probably uh, mid 80s, early teen years. Um, saw it on HBO or one of those channels, uh, late night types of things. And um, uh, I have seen it. Pro- it's probably in uh, top my top 20 films of the, of the, that I've seen the most in my life um uh and it's it, it, it's definitely up there just it's very it's not a very long movie either so it was just it's one you can really pop in and watch real quick and um uh and get it and get a good laugh and um uh 
see a lot of good people in and all that. So, yeah, so I saw it in the mid eighties and, um, uh, but seeing it this time with the extra footage from the, um, the TV version and all felt a lot different, gave a lot of context, a lot of different things and all, which we'll get into as well. Um, so Jonathan, when, when did you see it for the first time? Um, I had to have been a teenager at some point, probably seen on TV, you know, um, mm -hmm. probably saw that TV cut and then, then no, whatever. Um, I just, I always remember like there was a band called Phoenix, Texas or Phoenix, Phoenix TX. And they had a, uh, a song called Phoebe Cates. And it was basically about, uh, it was all about Phoebe. And, uh, some of it talked about fast times and watching that, you know, uh, scene on rewind and everything. And I think that was like one of the first times I really like got <laughs> into it a little bit. Cause, um, I didn't really know much about it. Um, but I, it's funny because, yeah, you said it was like 1982. I looked it up as August 13th, 1982, and I was born January 12th, 1982. So it was literally eight months after I was born that this this came out and everything. So um, wonderful because I didn't I so, mean, so this was this was filmed probably before you were. This was, yeah, so this was probably filmed before you were even born. Maybe. I mean, if it was filmed day one, yeah, you know, or whatever, yeah. or, or around the same time. Yeah, so funny you know i mean yeah um, yeah th th looking back looking back on that weekend in, in 1982 and, and seeing what was um it was very interesting because um uh they, they the studios didn't really have a whole lot of faith in it at, um when they were going to re release it and they only released it sort of on the west coast like 400 theaters or something like that so it didn't get a national release right away it, it ended up expanding and becoming really huge and then the cult status obviously through home video and all but um uh the opening weekend it came out, it was number seven at the box office. Number one is one that holds a, a special place, in, in, at least in my heart. I think you love it too, uh, Jonathan. It's Friday the 13th, part three. Nice. Um, came, nice. Out, came out in the theaters that weekend. So uh, that was number one. Then there was um, E.T., which was there for years, I guess. Um, uh, Officer and a Gentleman, Vessel Bever Whorehouse in Texas. And um, uh, and a Cheech and Chong film. So, oh, yeah. Uh, those <laughs> <laughs> kind of perfect time Star, for those things yeah and star wars was um in one of the re-releases and stuff like that was really big then too so uh makes sense so um yeah it opened up at number seven at the box office um two and a half million ended up making like 27 million on a five million budget so uh turned money and then obviously the sales and down the road has just been huge so um uh alfred what um, when you saw it for the first time what's your story with that one I honestly can't remember when I saw it for the first time. It's funny <laughs> because um, last night I thought I was watching it for the first time because I, I swear I'd never seen the whole thing. But I when I watched it last night, I said, well, I've seen the whole thing before. I think I watched it bits and pieces. I may have seen it at a party. You don't remember much else. But so I remember watching it. This is a, I remember the whole movie, but I just don't remember when I saw it all together. So it was a, I loved it. It was great. It was like <laughs> something. I was like, wow. It's like, holy cow. It's, these cool people in it, and all these actors and actresses are ahead of their their. Yeah, like, I'm surprised that like ninety percent of the actors in this movie went on to do big things. Mm -hmm. I know, right? So, so I'm yeah. thinking when you when you say you saw it probably on TV or something like that in times, maybe you saw it in back to backs when you saw like Excalibur back in the day and stuff like that. Could be, yeah. <laughs> um, what's wrong? What at the TV version or not the TV with them? Speaking of TV versions, that they have the best. I think my dad, did Tron come out in 82? Tron? So. It was, Maybe? Tron. I, it was around that time, so... Um, yeah, I, I think 
My dad and I went to see Tron, and my mom went to go see The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. She said she walked out of the theater. It was so bad. Tron <laughs> came out in 1982, yeah. Um, yeah I thought she should have come in and watch Tron with us, because she said it would be a funny movie. She said it was horrible. And then when that came out on TV, I couldn't say Whorehouse. It was the best little special in Texas. Hmm. <laughs> so... So, um, uh, so you saw it in pieces and stuff like that, but uh, I you saw it you, um, recently. You said you watched it again. Yeah, I think I saw. I probably seen the whole thing like years ago, but the last night was the first time I saw it coherently all the way through. I remembered all the scenes, but I, I just really enjoyed it. So I was probably saw it probably like, when it came out. When I was ten, so I didn't see that in the theater or anything. I probably saw it in the late '80s, so that's like thirty years ago, and, and just all of a sudden it's like. I didn't see this, but I enjoyed the heck out of it. It was like, I thought it was going to be like, it's like a better, I mean, it's, I think it's better. I love Days and Views, and I love movies that capture periods of history, but this one was actually filmed during the, the 80s, which gives it you, but you know, Days and Views was a 70s film filmed in the 90s, but yeah, but it, it, I thought it captured everything I remember about the 80s. It was cool. It, it's, I remember it's funny because in 1972, um, or wait, 73, a little movie came out called American Graffiti, which mm-hmm. was very similar to this. I guess, or you know, this was very similar to that. And then, uh, you know, and but that was about like the 50s or something, you know. And then, um, mm-hmm. uh, what is it? Uh, and then this was a movie about the 80s, you know, uh, but filmed in the 80s. And then you're right. Then Dazed and Confused, and that was '82. Then '93, so almost like decades apart from each three, you know, three different decades apart from each other, is uh, Dazed and Confused, which was about the '70s. So they had this the '50s, the '70s, and the '80s kind of all shown. You know, did I lose you guys at all at any point? My my yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, so um, uh, a little background on the movie being made. Um, uh, Cameron Crowe, um, uh, the writer, he um, uh, went on to direct some of the some some of some of the big movies of the '90s and um, stuff like that. Uh, I know films I love like Jerry Maguire and Almost Famous and stuff like that. But um, uh, he went undercover in high school in San Diego to learn the world, if you will, of, of the teenage world. I and mean, he was still only like 23 or so at the time, but um, uh, he basically learned what. Um, some of the lingo in high school and stuff like that. So uh, really invested a lot of time to learn um, to become real with the dialogue, with the characters and stuff like that. And then um, just wrote very, I mean, to me, it's like just amazingly written because it's just the characters were just so flushed out. And um, uh, Amy Heckerling, the director, it was her first film, I believe, that she directed. I uh, went on to direct um, Clueless, um, uh, so mm-hmm. she's got really two big time movies in it on her resume for um, uh, for being known. Um, but uh, uh, that was the two main ones behind the scenes, uh, writing, directing, uh, obviously the soundtrack, which we can get into at some point as well. But um, the cast, uh, the cast was just, it's just huge. I mean, it was just everyone. I mean, uh, it wasn't, uh, and they're almost all of them. It was like their first movies. Um, a couple of them might've been their second or third, stuff like that. But basically they were all new to it. So, um, uh, which, which one should we talk about first? Um, I, I guess probably Spicoli. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean so, 
Uh, is he the Sean lead? Penny. I mean, is there really a lead? There's no real lead. There's, it's an ensemble cast. So yeah, it's right. an ensemble. I'd say it, it was probably what three characters that probably really centered around being uh, primarily, but then it branched off to each of the very supporting. So very well done at that too. But I'd say Sean Penn, um, uh, Judge Reinhold's character, and probably Jennifer Jason Lee. Those are probably the three because it's like they sort of center off of them in different mm-hmm. ways. Um, but but then they there is other characters that obviously um, uh, with uh, was it Rat and um, Damone and stuff like that which um, they have their little thing but that's sort of a branch off of uh, Stacy's character with Jennifer Jason Lee but um uh, I guess Sean Penn was the uh, is the is the um, probably the biggest name and also just the character of what everybody remembers him from and stuff like that uh, and it was interesting watching the documentary they said that he. What, he was really in character the whole time on the set. Yeah, he was a method and, um, actor. Yeah, so that could actually be very trying to some to some people because they say um, uh, some of the other people got annoyed by him because he was being Spicoli. If you yeah, um, he actually, from what I've understood, that scene where they're getting out of the van or whatever and the smoke comes out of it, they were actually smoking weed. You know, that's what I heard. And that, so, and that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, that seems like it. it it fit perfectly. I mean, it, it, it was, it was who he was. I mean, that character. Um, so, um, uh, so go ahead. Eric Stoles and Anthony Edwards was, was true. It was great. Yeah. And, um, I, I read that they, that they came into becoming, uh, they got roles in it. They were doing with the ride with somebody else that was going for an audition or something. I can't remember the, who all that was, but, um, uh, they got basically cast as, I mean, from that, they were like, why don't you do this? And then it's sort of, and that's how some of the other stuff came out. Cause they, I think they wanted Sean Penn to um, uh, audition first for the role of um, Brad, but he was like, no, no, Spicoli. And he was, he's, he is Spicoli. Um, and then uh, yeah, I can see Judge him as Reinhold, Brad, honestly. Oh, you could? No, I couldn't. I couldn't oh, see no. him as Brad. Like he would have been terrible Brad, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, and then, um, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, so he was perfect there, and then uh, Judge Reinhold was like a was like in a relationship with the director's friend or something like that. So they sort of had the roundabout him into getting an audition because they couldn't cast the role just right. Um, uh, Nicholas Cage was in it; so he was originally up for the part of Brad, but uh, he had he a bigger part in the fucking uh, TV cut. Like oh, they yeah, cut he had a his lot. stuff out like a lot in the original stuff because, like, there was a scene that. There were more scenes with Brad and his friends, you know, mm-hmm. they're all hanging out and everything that just got cut. And I, and I get it like time, you know, you've got to keep this thing an hour and a half, not, you know, too long. But it it was weird, you know, to sort yeah, of see Nicolas Cage get cut, cut so much because he would have had the line. Uh, he had the line in that and he's like, he's like. Brad, your sister turn and become a fox. I was like, uh, the way he said it, just in his 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 way, you know, in his and, Nick um, Cage way. Uh, yes. Yeah, and and they said that that was like only the the only movie he was credited as Nicholas Coppola until like recently with um the uh, unbearable uh, the, the new one, I think um, that and something else maybe. Um, but uh, that was before he actually became Cage. Nice. I guess that was probably what the, I guess he became Cage the year after with Valley Girl, maybe. Um, probably right around that time, toward, 
Um, so, so yeah, so um, all the different people that just auditioned for the different roles and, and they sort of just, the documentary goes into a nice, nice thing about how each one got the roles and how they basically became like a little family because they were all like younger actors and actresses and none of them had really um, broke through yet as being huge. Um, and of the, of the high schoolers, if you will, because they were all in their low twenties and stuff like that. So um, then they cast a couple um uh, as a teacher's uh, Mr. Han, which he, he was a riot. Um, uh, Ray so, I mean, he had a lot of stuff. Yeah. From um, what, my favorite Martian and stuff like that. So, so, um, uh, but he was really funny and, and the, in the demeanor between him and um, uh, Sean Penn was just in the classroom was spot on. I mean, well, uh, I, I loved how he said in the beginning of the film um, that you wouldn't want me to come into your house and do this stuff then later in the film he does it you know so because you know you're probably thinking if you're first watching this movie going yeah that would be terrible if a teacher came to your house and then of course he shows up because you know what you ruined my time i'm gonna ruin yours you know yeah or whatever. he said what he say? he said you have eight he says i've calculated eight hours and that's a very soft estimate <laughs> so yeah. he's, he was just making the point and, and it worked i, I guess <laughs> um I don't know. I guess what's his name? Learn stuff, you know. Uh, Spicoli learned stuff, you know, from him. Yeah, I, I think it's, the... I think he liked Spicoli, you know. Like he had mm -hmm. a, like a like likeness for him. He he thought he he definitely feel felt like he could, you know, be a better person, you know, than you know wasting his time. Yeah, and um, uh, I guess he, he had a way of talking when Spicoli talked told him around about what some of the history was about how America formed and stuff like that he's like well that was pretty close enough I guess <laughs> so I mean it, it, he had his way and it was just uh, seeing the different generations and, 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 and all approach each other was was really good I mean and I would never be brave enough to order a pizza in a classroom and have mm -hmm. it delivered to the classroom Alfred you never done yeah. that right so, yeah. you, you never ordered pizza in a classroom right Oh no, I've never done that. No. <laughs> just checking. I thought you were yeah, thinking I, for a second. I, I wonder I'm just, if you I'm did. just thinking. Of... <laughs> I feel like there's a little bit of a delay or something. There is. This... Dude, we had a delay between. Yeah. So, um, uh, in, in um, even even the delivery that the guy delivered the pizza that was, a, I mean, he he was like a small bits Taylor Negron. He was in all sorts of stuff through the '80s. Very small bit actor and stuff like that. He had like 150 credits or something like that. But um, before he passed uh, away, sadly. I mean, yeah, yeah, and um, uh, but but just um, which characters of yours was your favorite outside of like Spicoli and like sort of go into some of them? Alfred, you go. Um, I liked. Um, let's see. So good. I like what was that, Alfred? Mr. Hand. You like Mr. Hand? Yeah, I like him. And um, I liked um, the Demon was pretty cool. I like I was like his character for some reason. He just he looked like he could have gone on and done more things. I was just wondering what happened to him. He seemed like a pretty accurate carrying himself well but you know i don't remember seeing him or anything else that's true yeah i think he's had other stuff over the years but it's just never really never really been that huge 
Yeah, his name is Robert Romanus. And, uh, I mean, he's acting. He's still in stuff. Um, yeah. I liked on the TV version of the, of, of the film, uh, at the very end, they had a, a nice bookend scene with him and um, Ratner um, talking in the mall again. And, and, and that's something that I wasn't used to from the regular version. Um, and it sort of bookends the whole story about um, having the right way of talking to girls and, and stuff like that. And Ratner was really having the hands up because he had the relationship going, started with Stacy. <laughs> nice. But, um, I didn't get to that part. So I'll have to, I'll have to watch the whole thing of the, it was just, it was so weird. I mean, there were, there were things I was like, wait, they, they, change lines certain lines like the line where um i hope you had a good piss arnold you know cut change to i hope you had a good break arnold and i was like wait piss but then like there was a whole scene where a chick was talking about one of the planned parenthood and then the sex and all this other stuff i'm like you could talk about that but you you can't say the word piss <laughs> i know right it was like what is wrong with the like the rating slash whatever like the censorship like i don't get well, it well the, the the ratings is kind of funny too because originally it had an x oh and, for um, real uh yeah and um it was because of um uh, from my understanding the male nudity in the in the they, pool they have fucking dangle in the movie <laughs> well, i did not, not remember that at all i do not remember that maybe i was never looking there but uh, like I, I, you... th I think it was, I think it was reestablished on the Blu-ray, the Criterion, because it it was it's not on the DVD that I have. <laughs> I don't remember it at all. But there was like it, there was fucking you could I don't know Alfred if there if it was like that for you, but I could see Mark Ratner's whole package. I don't recall. Well, you don't it, recall. It, <laughs> That's good. Uh, well. Well, some some sometimes some of us probably don't want to recall some of the stuff we see, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it, I think it originally had an X, and then they for once or two, for two, one or two reasons and they cut it, and then now it's been reestablished. I mean, um, X and R is totally different now versus what it was forty years ago. Um, but the TV version, really, the interesting things, uh, yeah, they have the whole thing about Planned Parenthood in the TV version. Plus, they mm -hmm. have a whole abortion sequence. They actually go more in depth in showing some of that sequence in, real? in the TV version. Oh, yeah, wow. well, I mean, there's nothing graphic or anything like that, but they're actually in the in the doctor's operating room, basically. And there's a couple back and forth between Stacy and the doctor, and um, it's like that would be cut now, I think. Like, yeah, it, it was kind of, it was kind of weird, but the some of the stuff they cut though it was like it was like wow i'm surprised they cut some of these things um uh phoebe cates i mean her stuff is great in the movie but it, there's so she probably had half her stuff was cut because it's like watching some of the tv version it's like her and stacy have like two or three scenes where they're either on the phone or in the bedrooms talking to each other well yeah and then there but also the blowjob scene was cut you know the, All the like, tv yeah yeah, on the TV version, and that totally made sense, you know. Like, it was, you know, um, because when I rewatched it, I go, oh, I forgot about this scene. I'm so glad I, I watched this again, you know, not watch just the TV version, because if I just watched the TV version, I wouldn't even remember there's a whole scene where she's showing her how to fucking give a blowjob and stuff. It's funny. 
Uh, sorry. Did, did, are you guys okay? We're back. Sorry about that. I don't know. Uh, yeah, and that, and that scene—that scene is one of the funniest scenes too. Um, go ahead, Alfred. Jonathan was breaking up really bad there. I know. I, I was just saying, like, there's a whole scene where they're like they're they're doing a blowjob scene, and then Where were the character? like shown how to do it. Yeah. Am I am I still going bad? Yeah. No, you're fine now. Oh, I, I'm here. You're fine now. Um, but they they cut so much stuff around it, and then it's like, like on the TV version, there is um, an introduction of like the cheerleader or something like that that comes by the, by them and talks. I mean, there's so many little pieces and stuff like that throughout the film, and a lot of it I I kind of like. Um, just kind of made made it more context to these characters and all that I, th I thought that was really kind of cool to see see them in in different ways um and a little bit and some of the relationship stuff it's it's one of the jokes with um uh with Damone talking to Ratner about if you're going on a date he's like do these things and he says and play side one of Led Zeppelin four and I was like I was like huh that's just kind of a, a nice little in joke but the deleted scene that shows right before that I think it's right before it between Stacy and Linda, they say something to the effect of, um, she's like, and don't let them put Led Zeppelin on a cassette on you. So it's, it's like Linda's the, 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 the mature, I don't say mature because she has um, some immaturity too, but she's like, like the sage person trying to help Stacy out, which was kind of, it was kind of funny just hearing that in, in this special, those, those scenes. But the but the TV version they cut so many words out and changed words and lines and it was it it, it was kind of hard to watch the TV version with because it just didn't wasn't in sync and then the music I think was different too at times uh, so but but it is interesting to see some of the different characters and how they really changed and stuff like that um, uh, and so, just some of the background stuff on it. Um, by the way, also, did you know that the, um, woman who played like the girl that remember when Brad was the pirate and he was driving his car and the girl was in the car next to him. That's actually, uh, Cameron Crowe's, um, wife, you know, I think they met Yeah, it's, on it, the it, set. yeah it's, and, and I think she's um, uh, one of the lead singers from Heart. She is. Yeah, So, so it's, um, um, trying to Nancy, um. it's one of the Wilson sisters, I think. Nancy Wilson, Wilson. yeah. 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 So, it, um, <laughs> and he looks over because he's, he's like trying to smile and get her attention. Reinhold is. And then and she just sits there and starts busting up. And he's like, what the heck's wrong with me? And looks in the mirror and sees the pirate hat on. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> I, he quit that job after that. Yeah, he just decided to throw all the stuff right out the window. <laughs> How many jobs he either quit or got fired on in that one? And um, that was There's actually three. touched on a I little mean, well, bit. three jobs he had in that whole movie. It's crazy. I know. And they talk and they talk about that in one of the TV scenes. I don't know if you got to this one yet, um, where he's talking to his counselor. Where J Judge Reinhold's talking to his counselor. He's like. Um, first she has the wrong folder for some other student or something like that. So he's, he's like, he's like, that's, I'm not Charles. She's like, Oh no, you're Brad. So she's like, he's like, Oh, so this is supposed to be my fun part of my life. He's like, I get up at five 30, go to work, go to school and go to work afterward. He's like, but this is the fun part of my life. And, and, and then he goes, he leaves there and he just freaks out and stuff like that, which was There's more so much context stuff that to the gets character. like added, but I mean, is it needed or is it not needed? You know, like it, it is if you're trying, if they're trying to fill in more stuff because they're taking more stuff out, 
you know mm -hmm. but you know like it's a deleted scene like normally that would just be out you know because for some reason amy heckerling didn't feel like it needed or the producers felt like it didn't need to be in there you know and and and, and i i think sometimes it's, it's always interesting to see because a, a lot of the times in movies when you see stuff that see the deleted scenes it's like oh i can see why that was deleted that was cut but trying to understand why they cut them sometimes i, I wish i could hear and, and maybe there is something out there why she cut those scenes out but um uh, I'm, I'm always interested to know the decision making that happens for for what what makes a scene just did it just not work in the, on the, in the context of the scene itself or or was there a problem with it contradicting some part of the story or that they cut it out versus you know so uh, what do you think when you see stuff like that in films with the extra scenes are you talking to me or <laughs> either one yeah what do you think Alfred I'll let you go first. Alfred, you there? I'm here. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I like it. I mean, the 80s, they had a lot of movies that the TV versions of those. Star Trek II, they did um, Superman, um, and a few others. They had, like, all these things. Oh, what what the heck is this scene? You know, it's like they had these extra ones on crypto. I mean, um, Krypton. It was pretty wild, but you never saw them again. You see them on TV, and then, hmm. And then now it's cool they're releasing I think now they call them director's cuts and stuff, but back then, like, I think because of the, the censors, they probably had to put them in because they're taking stuff out and meet the runtime. And so we would just start throwing more in. So I'm looking forward to seeing the ones in this. Yeah, you should, get the, you should get the Criterion. It's It's got a really, it's a really good disc, you know. I mean, we're on to yeah. Um, one, one one thing that I wish they would have done on this one with the disc and they've done it with uh, I've seen it in some other movies before it's like if the deleted scenes they let you put it into the spot where it would fit into the movie and watch it in its entirety and this one they just put it in the TV version you could watch it as a TV version but you lose some of the stuff in the TV version and also it's matted if you will it's, it's more framed for TV versus widescreen the TV version was so it's like I wish they put have those scenes eligible to be put into the nice clean um, Blu-ray version, if you will. Um, and they've done that with other movies I've seen before. Well, like Mallrats had um, a cut where they added the scenes that they like, they took out a lot of scenes and at, re added them back in and, and whatnot and just cut it around it. But it was, it, it wasn't, um, he, he doesn't call it, Kevin Smith doesn't call it a director's cut because he says, what he puts out, the movie he puts out is the director's cut, you know, like, you know, he views that. So Mallrats has some stuff. Um, Clerks has it like that. So you, Kevin Smith likes to do it. Um, I think, I don't know. I, I like, I like that they have the, the scenes cut back in sometimes for different movies. Mm -hmm. It just depends on like, okay, I'll, I'll give you an example. Empire Records is one of my least favorite of those because like, I just don't like the deleted scenes that they added back in and they also changed the music around and stuff. And mm -hmm. that just that and Donnie Darko does the same thing with his cut, you know, it was like what uh, Richard Kelly really wanted. And I'm like, it's not what I wanted. I liked, I liked the music that you had in that like first cut. So I don't know. I sometimes I'd rather prefer the cut that I see that if I like the movie, you know, mm -hmm. Well, it'd be interesting with the, um, I don't know with Empire Records, what the, what, what the entire story was. I know with Fast Times, there was rights rules with some of the songs that they couldn't, they couldn't put them on the version they kept released on VHS and then TV. There was a lot of 
because that wasn't all negotiated out. It wasn't thought of as big at the time. Um, so they couldn't have some of the songs on some of the early VHS copies. Um, and then they it's since changed back. And now the soundtrack's huge. But I wonder if sometimes those decisions back then was it may be Empire Records. That's what that was what mid 90s, I think. Yeah. So it might maybe have, maybe there was something what maybe something with the rights of the the well they call it like a music. the remix or something because it's an Empire Records like whatever. I, yeah. I I just was so disappointed just because uh mainly because you know what I like is a, a disc to actually have both the original cut and the like director's cut or whatever you want to call it and uh some of them don't have both so you have to watch you know like I got RoboCop on um uh from Arrow you know blu-ray and uh that only has the director's cut on it you know and i like the director's cut it's actually really really violent and nasty and and fun and uh whatnot but you know it's not the uh yeah i wonder how much they cut for that for the tv version because that had to be really diced up for for that one i would love to see the tv version of uh robocop yeah yeah, because for that one, they'd have to cut out the violence. In Fast Times, they'd have to cut out the language and then a couple of the nudity scenes and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So it's different reasons of cut, but it's the same idea. And I guess maybe the TV versions to fit into the two-hour window to where you can have like 90-some minutes and then you have the commercial time and stuff like that. Um, but those extra scenes sometimes can really stand out. I remember like in, um, was it, and I know this will be right up your alley, the original Halloween, they had that extra scene with um, uh, Loomis and outside the hospital and stuff like that talking. Yeah. It's not on the it's not on the, the R cut version, um, stuff like that. It's but um, a lot of the time the extra scenes being cut is probably a good thing. Um, but yeah, and these, mean... ones, I, these ones, these ones, you they didn't clean them. It, it wasn't cleaned up really. But I kind of like like these scenes in general because it really gave some more heart to the characters not that they already didn't have it but right no i i completely agree and i i mean i don't know i thought it was i thought it was a fun enjoyable movie Mm -hmm. so watching just the just the you know cut it was just fun to watch the cut you know Uh like a different cut of it you know and everything um i i watched a uh episode of angry video game nerd and he was going over uh, TV cuts and how weird some of them are. Like uh, uh, Snakes on a Plane had that line, <laughs> the famous line of uh, the motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane uh, was actually like monkey fighting snakes on this Monday, Friday plane. And I didn't know that. Now it makes me want to watch it, you know, just to hear that. You know? well, I, it's stuff like that. And um, uh, for me, uh, Scarface, watching Scarface on, uh, on TV cuts, is really a lot different <laughs> because they have the the f the f bombs in there a couple hundred times <laughs> and that had to be adjusted out but i mean they had to they had to cut stuff out in this one and and that's the pool scene which is one of, we have to talk about it's like one of the most iconic scenes in yeah. of 80s movies easily if not of, of all movies but um uh the tv version they cut out the masturbation element and they cut out her nudity so it's like they did double on the double cut for the tv version but i mean that scene is just so iconic in today's culture i mean just the culture of movies uh, uh and and they made a comment about it in, in the documentary which was really funny amy heckerling came out and she said um she says yeah there was talk that the vhs copies of it 
they at that point in the film they had a lot of people had to adjust their um the static bar on their on their vcrs because i, I had to on mine all the pausing and rewinding that people that the that the teenage boys probably did <laughs> but um that scene to me is just in, in the music it's just having the the spraying water over top it's just the scene's so well made and then um when she walks in on <laughs> afterwards it's like it they they said in the in, in the documentary as well that judge reinhold is a joke had a dildo he was holding there and it really freaked Phoebe Cates out when she saw I mean, her look on her, the expression on her face, uh, <laughs> she, she was wanting to get out of there quickly. Does you anybody know? ever fucking knock anymore? <laughs> There's the line. <laughs> the best lines in the movie. Um, that, that, he just plays off. He was being called by the girl was drinking. She said, whoa, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, 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 um, uh, his life was his characters was going so far downhill at that point too. And all that happened, it was just like, I, I felt so bad for him because it was like, I almost was like, I was, I was wondering if they were going to try to do something to where, um, cause Phoebe Kate's character breaks up and obviously Brad had a, a crush on her and stuff like that. If they were going to do something with the two of them, and I believe they did on the much forgotten TV. They did a TV series off of this too, which bombed pretty badly. I don't know if you're even aware of it. Are you guys aware of the TV series? I, it only lasted like seven. Aware of it by name only, but I never. Yeah. I never saw, saw it saw many, it. many years ago. There's only like six or seven episodes. And, and Brad and um, Linda's characters actually went out together or did something together um, in, in, the, in the TV series. But the TV series is. I think um, the girl that was in the original Back to the Future, um, uh, Jennifer in the original Back to the Future, she plays uh, one of uh, Claudia Wells, I think the actress's name is. And then um, uh, there's a couple others. Patrick Dempsey's in it. And then, but the only two people that's from Fast, the movie that's in it is, um, I think it's a couple of the teachers. And that's it. You can um, actually watch it on YouTube. At least you can watch oh, really? the first episode. I don't know. Yeah. And it looks like there's a Mr. Hand. Yeah, yeah, he's he's one of the two that's in it. It's him and I think um, uh, Vincent Chiavelli's character. I think. Nice. Um, well, I actually yeah. kind of want to see that now. I just yeah. want to yeah. see what they, they do. Said, I think from what my understanding was is why it didn't catch on is because this movie was so sex, drugs, rock and roll based, and it had is very R rated. And then trying to do a TV network type of show for it, it was just going to lose its yeah the engine lose behind its appeal. It yeah, yeah. So I, I think if they would have done some sort of continuation in on HBO or something like that, if they would have ever done that nowadays, um, they but, could still but, do it nowadays. They could bring it back, you know, yeah. and be like, you know, forty years later, you know, because it's forty years, you know, it's been yeah. forty years since this came out. Yeah. Which, you know, you don't don't tell Judge Reinhold that, you know, or any of the <laughs> I know, right? like, oh God. Um, well, and, and and there was talk of, of um, I know it did the sequel to the TV series, but there was talk of doing um, a, a Spicoli goes to college. Universal wanted it done, so Universal went full circle on it. They went from not wanting um, to really push it out there to wanting a sequel, and um, it just obviously never materialized. Um, and I don't know if it really would have done anything. I mean, it's I think they had magic in a bottle, sort of with 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 everything entailed in this one. 
Yeah, they were they were lucky with this one because I mean, I don't know how teen comedy because teen comedies at that time were like Porky's, you know, Porky's yeah. was so th this was sort of like perfect for that. But like, had it not been like that, it, it might not have gotten the same appeal, you know, because no. And, and it wasn't even like that again until like 90s when they did American Pie, you know, yeah, or whatever. I mean, movies like Mallrats tried to do sort of that sort of genre, but like Dazed and Confused was maybe a little bit, but it was sort of, I felt like that was a more mature, you know, mm -hmm. like movie than what a lot of these are, you know, um, in my opinion. Yeah. And, and um, I think I, I like movies like this that are done right, because sometimes it could just be raunchy. And, and raunchy's fun, too. I mean, America Pie does have its fun, but there's a heart there in America Pie. And um, uh, Porky's has a different type of raunchiness thing going, and it's not so much about heart in that one. But this one, there's really the characters you really care for. And I think that that's something that really makes it. I mean, I, I, I mean, Stacy's basically just um, becoming her. I mean, she's becoming, a, I mean, she's going through that, that those rough teenage years, if you will. You know, it's definitely a coming of age film. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, but it, it's just the cultural impact of all the different things. And I even, they, they had some stuff in there. I was just like, why they do that? And I actually had to look it up to see why they did it. But they said that um, like all the kids held up their news or held up their papers when Mr. Hand, hand handed it to them and they sniffed it. And they said, because back then they didn't get printed on a Xerox machine. There was like on some sort of ditto machine thing or something that, that I guess it, it smelled really good or something. And I'm just wondering so why like, they were doing that. That was weird. Yes. I thought, I thought it all along that it was just something Mr. Hand probably had something on it that made it stink. <laughs> because, right. <laughs> but um, it, it's stuff like that. And, and I think that that shows that Cameron Crowe really took the time to really understand what was going on in high schools at the time and, and what, what really, what mattered and to be true to it. And, and that's writing wise, that's, that's something to be really admired. Mm -hmm. for sure um so, so Al alfred i, I want to know real quick though because you're you're uh this is your like technically your first time that you know you completely watched it for sure you know right. and everything um is in you're now you're you're a fan so that's great like this, yeah. this is going to be something that you watch that you'll put up there i actually agree because i hadn't seen it in forever and now i'm like why isn't this something I watch like every year? Cause this is definitely so thanks Joe for picking it. Um, but is this something like after watching it, what was the thing that made you like get really hooked into it this time? Those are nostalgic with them all. There you Most go. That's... Them all. There's no, there's no movies about malls anymore. Cause there are no malls really that much. Um, yeah. In, go ahead, in, um, I, and I, when when you were out in California, did you did you see it? Because I know that the mall that they used for this has been it's been re retro retro done, and part some things have bur something burned down. I can't remember what it was, but uh, but the school and different things they say has been used in a number of different movies. And I didn't know if you if, if you remember seeing any any of these places. No, I didn't. I were. didn't go looking. Uh, once again, I will probably want to now, but. Mm -hmm. When I was out there, uh, this was not something that I, I mean, I, I bought this movie, like, I think in July or whatever, uh, during one of the sales, because I uh, was a, because uh, I was like, you know, 
I want to have a copy of it on Blu-ray, you know, 20 bucks and it's a good copy, you know, it's got the, the, that cut. So like, why not? But, uh, I, I had, wasn't really that, you know, into this movie. Like it wasn't something that I grew up and, and just like Alfred, I probably wasn't all that into. I just, I, I knew that I liked it, but now I say I'd watch it again and I'd probably go want to visit the mall um, where I was living, there was sort of a outdoor mall, you know, um, mm-hmm. but there wasn't, I, I don't really see many malls still. Like there isn't many. Yeah, they're getting less and less. And, and um, something that I noticed when I watched it last night that I'd never seen before in the movie, maybe it was, it was the, the, the cleaned up blue. Uh, and I, this was also, let me add, this was the first time that I've seen, um, I watched the movie on, on my new 4k TV. So seeing this on that was really nice, even though it's not a 4K version per se, but I, I, I mean, it's really nice. I mean, it's not like, but um, in the mall, when they were in front of the place and he starts talking to Deborah Harry from Blondie and stuff like that, the record store and the name is in the background as clear as day what it is. And I was like, oh my gosh, you, you ready for the name of it? Licorice Pizza. Oh, is that where yeah. he got the name for that movie? Uh, uh, I, I believe that's a record store that was out in the seventies and eighties, and all that. So I saw that in the background when um, when uh, Damone and Rat were talking, and uh, one of the times, and I was just like, "Licorice Pizza!" I think there it is. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So it's like stuff like that. It's like, it, 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 um, so I guess that that area of L.A. or something like that must have had a pool on um, for for when they made Licorice Pizza and stuff like that, but um. I don't know. It's just one of the little things. It's like you catch on. Um, uh, I mean, I don't know if everybody did. I worked in a mall for a year and stuff like that at a food food place. And um, not not exactly the funnest of time doing the actual work in there because I worked in a Wendy's. But um, uh, being in a mall in that environment was always kind of cool um, uh, just to see to see stuff and all. And that's that's part of the culture now that we don't get to see as much of anymore. But like we lose the video stores for a lot of that and the mall and stuff like that. that's unfortunate um we had a mall in williamsburg but kind of disappeared so then we had the prime outlets so we had the outlet mall but then we had Mm -hmm. the prime outlets and the prime outlets is just stores outside you know strip stores and stuff and it's nice but it's you know it's not a mall to me you know it's a shopping center to me so and we we have we have patrick henry here in newport news which is not bad but it's a lot of the stuff that's in there is not it's not like how it used to be. I mean, there used to be a two-story mall that was in Hampton that um, it's now like a, a phone call center or something. But oh, when that mall was there back in the day, that was that was really cool. It had a four-screen theater in there and everything. Market. Um, yep, yeah, Alfred knows. Um, and I love that because they had like the, they had the little arcade that had like mm-hmm. it was like a submarine type of thing. It had like the yeah, windows yeah, yeah. outside. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You remember? Yeah, it was, and um, then they had the. They had the McDonald's, they had the old the, the pizza place in there and stuff like that. So it had its its version of Perry's and stuff like that, because Perry's were the fast times. Um, but yeah, I love that mall. I love the two-story mall. I mean, it's better than Coliseum and Patrick Henry. Yeah, the Morrison's um, cafeteria. Yep, yep. Um, the bookstores and um that's where um the record store they had yeah, <laughs> they had the record store where you could like it was one of the first places that I was I went to that you could actually get a membership to rent movies. It was before he even had a blockbuster around here and stuff like that. Oh yeah, I remember that. I remember so, they were selling off other tapes. Yep. Yeah. So, so, 
So, um, so yeah, so malls hold holds a nice little place, and in, 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 it's interesting you bring up mall rats. I mean, I didn't think of that necessarily going into it, but it's it's kind of a, a nice backdrop, if you will, for well. And I mean, that's, interestingly enough, has the same casting director too. You know, Don Phillips. Oh, really? Did the uh, casting for Fast Times and Dazed and Confused and uh, Mallrats. So uh he's an amazing casting director you know like yeah i think he's the one that was talking on the documentary a lot because they talked about how each of the characters how they cast each character and how they went back and forth between different people is he a ball guy i think he's a ball guy like he's a it was he was it was receding but this this documentary was like from the late 90s i think so um so it's a little a little dated um but i mean still gave the i mean it even had ray walston doing um he was talking about his his antics with um uh, with Sean Penn and how Sean Penn would pick at him and stuff like that, and, yeah, and how they just playing Spicoli, man. He's gonna yeah, he's gonna pick yeah, on him. So, so I uh, wanted the better documentary that I've seen, and then um, I mean, I'm always up to seeing uh, some of these. I mean, Jennifer Jason Lee's gone on and done done a lot of. Uh, she's done more um, not big time movies, but she was. I mean, she had some big time movies, but she's been more of a um, the smaller film type of things. But she's always. She's been a ton of stuff. She's in one of my later '80s um, good horror films with a hitcher. I don't know if you remember that one. Um, uh, I do remember that. Mr. Howard. Yep, C. yep. Howell. And see Thomas Howell. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 a, a good one for her. But I mean, all of them uh, have um, done varying levels. The girl who played uh, what is it? Uh, Brad's girlfriend. Yeah, um, Elm Street. Yeah, she was on Nightmare on Elm Street too. You know, as Tina. So it was really funny to see uh, these people who have gone on to do amazing things, like mm-hmm. even in a small role, like we mentioned Nicolas Cage having a small role. Um, Eric Stoltz at that time, I don't think he was a big name, but he was sort of getting himself out there. Anthony Edwards went on to fucking be in Top Gun, you know, like right yeah. after. I mean, yeah, how. Yeah, I- yeah, in ER. ER, yeah. Awesome. I mean, that dude's got a career. Um, everybody. Force what I, I remember hearing this story. Um, it always stuck in my head. Amy Heckerling saying in a documentary once that uh, for Fast Times that she remembered she auditioned Forrest Whitaker and he did such a great job and she hired him and she saw him later and he was skipping. And it was the cutest thing she's ever seen is she's never saw one of her actors so happy that they got the role that they were skipping, especially somebody that yeah. big, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That imposing. And, and like in the movie, it's like, <laughs> don't mess with his car though. <laughs> you know, uh, Spicoli was like, I got it handled. And that was the smartest, funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like he, uh, he saved the uh, fast time. Like, and and I noticed, like, I never thought about it before, but Forrest Whitaker's character was so freaking happy that he had been kicking those guys' ass, you know, that he was happy that he was they won the game and everything, too, and everything, because he was just doing that. That uh, that Spicoli ruining his car actually helped make him happy, in a way. So, there you go. Yeah, was when, Spico- yeah when Spicoli was running around with, um, uh, I guess it was his younger, Jefferson's younger brother. <laughs> nope. he's like he's like my brother's gonna my brother's gonna he's gonna kill us he's going my brother's going shit he's like well get us straight is he going to shit or is he going to kill us 
He's gonna kill us, and he's gonna <laughs> shit. Then he's gonna kill us. That was great. Yeah. And then he uh, and he had he had the line with um uh, Demone where he says where Demone messes uh, just taps the car and he's like he's like don't fuck with it. <laughs> Which it's in funny. the uh, was in the cut in the cut says like don't mess with it. You know. Yeah. That don't don't it was, it was, don't fool with it. Don't fool with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so strange. Like it's I mean I so get that I get you can't say the f word. You know. So you got to say something else and, that sounds like it. And, and, and you remember the scene where um, uh, he's in the, um, Eric Stoltz is in the bathroom, sitting on the bathroom, talking to um, Spicoli and Spicoli bangs his head with the, the shoe. Um, uh, they're talking about the drug, the, about doing drugs and stuff like that. The TV version, they've changed the whole story around. And he's, they're talking about going surfing and it's and talking about surfing so long. Why, why, why are you out? and Stuff like that. It's like, it's a whole different scene, basically. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's like stuff like that that they did. It was just it, it was really fun seeing that, you know, uh, giving a fresh little take different takes and and everything. That's cool. I like that. Like, see, it's almost like watching a whole new movie. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. He had he had the scene. Um, oh, what was it? Um, at the beginning where um, Spicoli talked about how he got the pick, the guitar pick, and gave it to Anthony Edwards. I'm gonna I'm gonna give this to you because you cared enough to listen to my story about it being. Uh, was it um, uh, Rolling Stones? Um, what, what, it was a guitar from um, from Mick at the Rolling Stones and stuff like that. Yeah. So you gave it to him. <laughs> so it's just all through it. Cool. Um, so I do want to talk because I know we don't have too much longer on the show, but I want to mention that this movie is sort of a movie that's very dated, in the in the term that like a lot of this stuff that was said and done in this movie could not be said or done or not looked well upon. There's um, there's a lot like. Like um, to begin to begin with a 15 year old and a 26 year old having sex and everything that is sort of very would not be made today. You know, like they would not allow like, you know, sort of people yeah. wouldn't be cool with that. You know, did I totally mess up on you guys at all? Like, mm-hmm. OK, so what did, did you hear? What it did broke I, up a little bit, but okay what, what did you hear? You were talking about Ron, the Ron Johnson stuff with the 15 and the 26-year-old? Yeah, so it was a 15 and 26-year-old, and a lot of that just wouldn't be allowed on television at all today. Like, that just wouldn't be cool. Also, they say words that, very dated words, like the, um, you know, I, I, I don't even want to say it, uh, the uh, homophobic words you know and stuff where they would just say that was the way people talked right back then but nowadays people are you... what you know, are, are you talking about the scene with spicoli where he's having the dream where he's um, with the two girls and um in um and he's being interviewed by the sportscaster and um they talk about he talks about two other surfers he's like those guys are yeah <laughs> and he's like that and the sportscaster's like yeah that's wonderful <laughs> but yeah that could that could fly now yeah, um, stuff like yeah, that, that could w- not that yeah, now. would not be okay. <laughs> but that was it was a product of its time. Mm-hmm. So it's very dated. Uh just watched uh Can't Hardly Wait. Um that has stuff like that and that same word, you know, used in a way where people wouldn't be, you know, just wouldn't fly, you know. Um people probably still say it, but like people on television would, you know. Mm-hmm. But it does do something really cool, which yeah, I'm where... trying to think that's that's what that... what? No, I say that, that 
I was like thinking that Can't Hardly Wait's not that old, but it's, it's 25 years old. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's dated um, to its time. Um, but like, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where people probably look at that and go, well, you know, I'll, I'll overlook it because it's 1982. You know, like it's the way people talked and the way people acted, and and Cameron Crowe got everybody perfectly. Like their dialogue, everybody seemed real. And the last thing I'll say about that is that apparently I read that uh, Amy Heckerling wanted to do a movie where you wanted to live in the movie. You know, you wanted to you wanted to go to Richmond High. And it worked because I saw some uh, reviews on IMDb and one of the reviews said, I wish I lived in Bridgemount High, you know, and I was like, that's, you know, like mission accomplished. I do, too. I, I thought, you know, um, I want to stay in my life, you know, like something that's sweet. Yeah, you know? um, yeah, it was it, it, it was it was made like right at the point when mtv was just launching that launched in what august of 81 so it was right it was being made right when mtv was just starting so it was just starting to get into the 80s gear so yeah i i felt like i'd want to live there and even though they even though um stace or linda even said they don't have cable there in, in original <laughs> but but outside of that it's like it seems like it would just be a fun the music of that time it was blending the 70s stuff into the new 80s stuff it was just they hit that on and that would be a perfect place to live. Definitely. All right. I guess uh, we're probably close to that time. Uh, to start wrapping it up. Alfred, did you have something you want to say? I agree. We live in, I would like to live there too. You like to live there too? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think anywhere in Virginia reminds me of Vig Richmond high, no. you know, Ridgemont, um, you know, the Ridgemont mall, everything was Ridgemont. You know, Richmond Mall, mm -hmm. Richmond High, you know, um, but it seemed like a small town where sort of everybody knew everybody, you know, yeah. or something. And it kind of was nice. I mean, it was part, um, it was part of the valley, I guess, in, in California. That's like the, the was it San Fernando, that, that that part of the valley. So it wasn't like in the main part of LA. But um, yeah, I mean, that's that was before I lived near there. But um I was probably about three to five years before I lived there, but I was in a different age bracket too, so a little bit younger. You were, yeah, but, you weren't. I don't think you weren't a teen, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I was probably, I was probably about five to ten years behind. Them. So, yeah. Um, uh, but, but yeah, most definitely. Um, I, I felt like this was definitely when you brought guys talked about eighties and stuff like that. This was, uh, taking this one was was I think a good step. And, um, but I guess on that note, what. It, we're going to be transitioning to the the next. It goes back to you next for the next pick. So it will start our next little theme for the next the next picks. So do you? So thinking of it, do you want to continue with the eighties? Because it's you know, do you want it to be eighties season, or do you want to do another decade and have all three of us do another decade? Well, think of it right here. What what do you guys want? I'm happy to stay in the eighties, but I'll, Alfred, here. thoughts? Same here. All right, we'll stay in the 80s. All right, so I haven't even decided yet what the next one is. Um, I didn't actually movie Star Wars, so I kind of want to do a comedy. Plus, I'm, uh, I don't know if you guys both saw, but I have a, uh, what is it, 80s action movies podcast we're going to be launching soon. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've got, I've got you both on my guest list, you know, for, for 80s action movies. Wonderful. I know you guys love them. 
So um, I will have you guys on for that. But, uh, you know, as long as you're interested in doing it, you know, or whatever. I am. Um, and I know 80s, Joe is. 80s, 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 80s anything just about will work for me. Yeah. Um, it's it's one of my favorite <laughs> decades. Uh, it's so sad. I saw uh, I saw an interview with Quentin Tarantino, and he was talking about how the 80s uh, was a terrible year for film. And I'm like, what? Like, it had some of the best freaking stuff, you know? Like, I don't know. Maybe he just, he was in a grouchy time in the 80s. I don't know. But even Paul loves the 80s films, you know? Doesn't like the 90s. But he loves I, I was say, I was like, go, yeah, you go to the 90s. I think they'll probably, that's probably where he's like, nope, checks out. Yeah, he starts <laughs> checking out in the 90s. But 70s and 80s were his, like, favorite years and stuff. And uh, so I, I would disagree with uh, Tarantino and, uh, you know, but he would, uh, he would uh, reject my hypothesis, so what he says when you know you're he doesn't agree with you he rejects my hypothesis so anyway um yeah so i um but i grew up in the 90s so really 90s is my you know is my my years um but i really love the 80s 80s 90s maybe early 2000s but after that man we really need to get back to making good fucking movies in hollywood like i mean i'm not i'm not i'm not dissing on my marvel i love my marvel but like, I would like other shit other than Marvel to like start really kicking into gear um, and making me interested to go back out. I think the coolest thing I just saw was that Silent Night or Violent Night movie, and uh, after you know, and and that wasn't even a big Hollywood Hollywood movie, you know. So I would yeah, love there, to there's there, there there's some there's some good stuff in present day, and I mean, there's a couple of really good ones that I've seen lately, and I think that um. Uh, yeah, it's just you got to reach for it because there's a, there's a lot of um, filler stuff that's not not the best. <laughs> but I yeah. think that goes with any time, and it's just now it's just I mean just dismiss whatever you don't want and just move on to other stuff. Because yeah, there's a couple I've seen this year that's been really good too. So um, by the way, I'm getting rid of my Regal membership, and so for a while, um, so I will I will probably still be going to movies, but spending like five dollars at the Tuesdays, you know. Um, <laughs> Because I don't really watch enough, you know, and I, like, why spend 20 bucks a month when I only watch it maybe once a month, you know, if I go, um, it, it's not the same as it used to be. Um, but anyway, with that being said, uh, we'll do 80s, continue the 80s. Uh, so look for that. Uh, this is the last episode of this year for this podcast. So we'll we'll be back next month, which will be in January. So I'm really excited for that. Are you excited, guys? 2023? Yeah, definitely. There we go. Bring bring it back around, and I'll have to trail behind you guys and, and, and shift gears again. Like you guys did the action on the first, and I do comedy, so you guys will probably choose comedy, and then I'll probably go to action or something. Who knows? I, I'm thinking either uh, – I'm either thinking comedy or drama. You know, um, they're always – I'm thinking better out there than one crazy somewhere. Ah, there you uh -oh. go. You know, um, perfect. Well, perfect. The Steve Holland trilogy. <laughs> those, those were fun. Um, those wouldn't be my picks, so you're perfect for doing those, Alfred. You know, nice. Um, yeah, I was, I was, and then I, 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 I love them, but I don't love them, love them. You know, um, but we'll, we'll get into that. We'll talk about what. Well, yeah, yeah. Once he makes the decision on which one it'll be, then, um, 
maybe we'll take on watch it again and um be our eyes will be open to it um and yeah just like it'll be how often yeah exactly the fast time yeah the fast time so there you go well thank you guys so much and everybody else thank you guys so much for listening um and tune in uh we have a facebook page if you guys haven't ever checked that out it's called hollywood boulevard podcast uh facebook page kind of simple um i don't think we have an instagram or tiktok sorry uh but we do have an indie film cafe tiktok and there will probably be hollywood boulevard podcast stuff on there you know and everything so check those out um aside from that uh thank you guys and see you guys next year you know so uh-oh did i lose you guys again okay (laughs) okay bye everybody see ya You're listening to the Hollywood Boulevard Podcast.